0: Women Taking the Lead, Episode 10. If we are around people that do not add to us, that do not show us and share with us what they see as our best attributes, then we really need to reposition our friendships and our associations to be among others who do know how to see and recognize and underscore other people's values and contributions.
1: Hello, my name is Jodi Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Your future awaits, so let's get started. And thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Maura Sweeney, former award winning corporate manager, public advocate, and homeschooling mom. Maura is enjoying her third act as cultural journalist for the 21st century. A Boston College graduate and world traveler who has pioneered her own path to success, Maura is an author, Podcaster and Huffington Post contributor, inspiring others to live happy inside out. Maura, that's just a teaser for everyone. So tell us more about you and where you came from.
0: Well, thank you. It's a long, long story, Jody, because I'll be soon 57 years old. Wow. So I won't bore everyone <laughs> with all the details. But um, I will tell you, I'm so excited to be part of Women Taking the Lead because I gather at midlife. Uh, you heard, you meant that I am a cultural journalist for the 21st century. I want your listeners to know I don't think there's another one out there like me. I didn't even know I was known as a cultural journalist until someone told me. And so that should be the first benefit to anyone who's listening in today. Anyone can, over time, develop their own unique brand based upon upon those things that are important to them, that are their passions in life, and that as they continue pursuing them and activating them, they can emerge from an idea or a concept into something that actually crystallizes into a career that is worthy of being referred to as a leader in that field. So that's... Part of what I just love to say is the intro. Uh, the rest as far as my um, my background in business, I spent about a, a, a dozen years in business. I didn't mention to you earlier, but I was an executive recruiter uh, for Fortune 500. 500- which was an excellent place for me to start in business. I spent 10 years in the telecom industry as a manager, specifically sales and business center manager, which meant setting up groups of people, managing cultures, developing talent, coming up with cultures that would work well and cohesively with a group. And just prior to that, this is probably worth Listening to, I was brought up not to be a businesswoman, but to be an attorney living in New Jersey. And instead, I ended up as a businesswoman living in Florida. And that is probably why I am so passionate of my living happy from the inside out mission. Because I was brought up to be something other than what was my passion. And just like everything else in life, I see it all as a tremendous benefit because it all becomes part of my toolbox. But um, I was brought up to be something I was not really passionate about and ended up leaving law school midstream in order to find and follow what were my passions so that every day when I woke up, I could be excited about the adventure and all that I could interact with and do with in the world.
1: Maura, you've had success in your life. Clearly, you are doing very well and you definitely gained some confidence, I would say. But take us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned.
0: Okay. first of all, I know you wanted to say here something about humble beginnings, and this is an I think for your, for your listeners, you hear today that I'm a, H- a Huffington Post contributor. I've had people from major newspapers remark about my writing style. I'm also a publisher. But this, talk about humble beginnings, when I started college, my freshman year, people will know that you have to take freshman comp. I had already been a senior in high school, and I was our editor of the student newspaper. By the time I got to college thinking I was a good writer, I was told by my freshman comp uh, professor I didn't know how to write. Now, imagine that you want to talk about humble beginnings. I asked that professor if I could come in every week and be taught the very things I didn't know. And by the end of my freshman year, I ended up, it's so funny, it wasn't ever my best grade. It was a B plus. I can't tell you, I was so proud of that because I took something where I was really pushed back thinking, what do you mean I can't write? I used to be the editor of the school newspaper. Two, I know how to write and I continue to do it. So for some listeners today who might say, you know what, I am in a small zone right now and I think I'm pretty good, but then I'm afraid of getting to a bigger zone and I might not be so good. You can practice, you can almost have a little humble pie, but use that as an opportunity to regroup, to grow, to develop the fundamentals, and then prepare yourself for operating in a greater venue. Beyond that, humble beginnings, I can tell you this is a crazy one. When I moved to Florida, um, I was offered a position in the telecom industry in sales and um, And it was business sales on the phone. And I remember working so hard in my job. There were people outperforming me. Our manager, after I think it was three months, was getting ready for a promotion up to Chicago. He called me into my office and he said, I'm promoting you to the manager's position. And I said to him, you can't do that. I'm still trying to learn how to sell. (laughs) (laughs) And I was this. I am so... I am such a student of everything I do that I want to do it so well. And I said, Mike, there are other people that want the job. they are better salespeople. He said to me, Mora, and this is interesting. It was the truth. I really wasn't looking for the leadership or the management job. He looked at me and he said, Mora, I know you can do this job. And he said to me, if you don't take it, I'm firing you. <laughs> uh-huh. And here's the funny thing. I turned out to be an exceptional manager, and I don't just say that because of myself, I just have this skill set for being a leader uh, for others, for groups, and for really helping people assimilate and and excel wherever they are. But is that not playing small? I think it's pretty funny.
1: I see it time and again, Mara. that exact scenario, (laughs) maybe not the same circumstances, but that scenario playing out where somebody is offered something that other people hope and pray for, and they go, well, I can't do that.
0: I'm not ready. I need more training. (laughs) The funny thing was, though, three months down the pike when all the sales results came through, mine were really stronger than most people. But do you see, it's almost like playing catch up with your mind. You don't think you're there, but sometimes other people can see the talents and the skills and you almost need to meet them at that point and say, okay, I'm going. Mm.
1: Now I'm interested in the time in your journey when you had a wake-up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success.
0: Okay. I'm. This is my alternate story to the wake-up call. And I know... This podcast is for women and women taking the lead. There are some that see themselves um, only as women and only as like in a, in a different category. But this is too funny. I had accepted that position. Obviously, it was either that or lose my job, and I had a mortgage to pay, and did quite well. And then another position became available that was above mine, and I was in a branch office here in Florida. Our corporation was in Chicago. They did not yet have a manager for that next level up. And again, it was an area and an arena I was unfamiliar with. So I got a call from my director and he said, Maura, um, I'm putting you in charge as the temporary field manager, whatever it was. And I said to him, I don't think I could do this job because I don't know the products. He said to me, now this is funny. He was a Wharton graduate from UPenn, uh, considerably older than I was. He probably thought he was in a small position. And after that, he went on to get a seat on the New York Stock Exchange, but very much the old style corporate executive. He said to me, you know how to do this job. Well, what happened is that I ended up taking the reins. I acquired the new responsibilities. And on the one third of the whole country. You know, we were on the East Coast. We had three different uh, arenas within our national corporation. I think I emerged at the top with our results. Several months later, the same manager sent a newbie into my office that I was supposed to meet because he was going to be my new manager. So I ended up saying to the same director, wait a minute, you told me several months ago I could do a job I didn't think I could do. I've been doing it. You told me I did it exceptionally well. I'm outperforming the other managers. You are not giving this job to anybody else. Now, what was so funny, Jody? Is that this man, his demeanor was so he was a man of very few words. I think he always used to chew gum in the front of his mouth. And so he, and he was always very uh, short with everything. But the crazy thing is this, I was so impassioned that as I'm telling him, he couldn't hire anybody else to take the job that I had already been qualified for. The one he put me in temporarily, he was sitting in my office when he had come to visit and he started rolling backwards in his chair. Now, I thought it's hysterical when you look at it in retrospect. And then he said to me, well, Mora." You are the new manager. I'll let him know that I'll be passing him over. And the funny thing with the new manager or the prospective manager, I had already met. He was a nice guy. But I thought, wait a minute. If I had to do this job and I've already proven myself on it, then it's mine. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was a very defining aha moment that sort of – it was – it was the opposite of my moments of saying, I'm not ready and I can't, I can't do it.
1: That's so funny. It was cute. It is cute. And it didn't take you long to turn that, that attitude towards yourself around. And it's so interesting that what that reminds me of is sometimes we really need to listen to other people when they tell us what we're capable of, when it's beyond what we think we're capable of.
0: You know, that's a very good point. And could I add something to that? If we are around people that do not add to us, that do not show us and share with us what they see as our best attributes, then we really need to reposition our friendships and our associations to be among others who do know how to see and recognize and underscore other people's values and contributions. because. When you're around people that are affirming, and I don't mean, I don't, I, I'm, I could speak of compliments, not flattery, but I'm talking about genuinely affirming people. We need people like that in our circles, and we also need to be the kind of a personality and an assistance to others because what we become is a bright mirror to them and reflect reflector back to say, you know what I see in you? I see that you are excellent in this arena. Or, oh my gosh, I didn't know you had those talents. We need to be more around those kinds of people so that we start to undo maybe some of the thoughts we might have had of ourselves as being not so not so talented, not so gifted, not so prepared for something, and be around people that will uplift and encourage us and where we're already going.
1: Amen. (laughs) (laughs) And what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. We're all different. We're all going to lead differently. There's no one perfect way to do it. So how would you describe your leadership style? Oh, I love that question.
0: And I agree with you. There There are so many styles, but I would call mine collaborative, collective, And I work with a team mission. That means everyone has a place and a vital part in the overall uh, goal that we share. And I would also say I respect and value everyone uh, in a non competitive environment. Now that sounds strange from someone who spent over a decade in you know, highly competitive industries and in sales. But I'll tell you to have that kind of a mindset is so empowering, not just to the leader, but to everyone else on the team. Everyone then gets an opportunity to share, to grow, to contribute and to feel valued. So that's my style. I love
1: that. And what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? This is fun for me. I am
0: planning a month-long trip to the Balkans where I will be addressing um four different at uh, four different locales in the Balkans, uh, university groups that are involved in business studies as well as psychology, and then I'll also be addressing an international um business conference in Dubrovnik, Croatia. So, here I am as a woman who didn 't have a background uh, in doing what i 'm doing right now as a cultural journalist um, where i 've created really my own my own message and my own brand that was probably always in my heart and i 've been working it out but imagine being the invited guest in the Balkans at universities and at an international business conference where they want to hear what I have to say about becoming a person of influence and a leader by living happily from the inside out. And by that, I mean not always trying to please the outside world, but finding out what our own value systems, our own interests, our own convictions are, and living out of those places. So I'm very excited.
1: I'm excited for you. And that would be something I could we could do a spin-off conversation ah, to a lot of the things that you're talking about. But I'm gonna I'm gonna just try to, to to keep hold of it for here and then maybe someday we'll bring you back and have you talk more about your experiences and, and what you learned there. I'd love to. Awesome. Okay, now I'm gonna do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that makes you a better leader? Conviction. Conviction, everything. You know, there are a lot of
0: people that'll tell you how to do something, but they don't necessarily believe in it. I am fully convinced by my own words because I live them. And I think that there's something in that where I embody, I embody my words. And so that does create me as um, a worthwhile leader, someone worthy of listening to. Conviction.
1: What is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership?
0: Okay, get your pencils out.
1: I've got it. (laughs) Okay,
0: this book is not one, it's not one on the top 10 list, but I love it. It's short, it's called Business Success Through Self Knowledge. The author is William D. Anton, who's a PhD uh, from the University of South Florida. This book is a short read, but what it does is it gets inside the mind of anyone who's looking to be a bigger and an effective leader. And the thing that's so important about this one is that we all grow up and we end up contouring and confining ourselves to a smaller vision than the one we were really meant to have in life. And this book is great on a number of levels for challenging the reader to see themselves as bigger and definitely more influential. So business success through self-knowledge, William D. Anton, PhD.
1: Love it. What is your favorite healthy food? Can I give
0: you a liquid food? It's my smoothies. Yes.
1: So you're the second person who's offered up a smoothie. Tell us what you put in your smoothie.
0: Oh, well, I'm big with bananas and blueberries. But the other thing I throw in um, alternately is kale. So it becomes a green smoothie that actually looks purple or blue. Mm -hmm. And I love them. So I would call them great energy foods, except they're liquid. They're great.
1: I love them too, and I'd love to get like some of your favorite recipes, so we can throw it up on your show notes page on the website, so people can go and and grab really? the recipes <laughs> there. Yeah, I will too. Awesome. Knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? Oh, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the show
0: everything in life, I see as an ultimate benefit. But I would say this, I was halfway through law school doing what I was told to do by my family, was what I was groomed for. If I really could, I probably would go back and and skip law school because it wasn't my thing, and I would have gone for a master's in foreign relations at Georgetown or something like that because I've always had an interest in foreign relations and on a global level, and so that would be the one the one change I would make.
1: And here you are going to the Balkans. I know, which only goes to prove it doesn't matter because you get where you're going anyway. I was just thinking that your whole message has been about don't sweat like all the exterior stuff just follow your heart follow your values you'll you'll be on the right path and everything you want to come with you will come to you but yeah your story really encapsulates that so that's great
0: oh uh, well if, thank you <laughs> you're
1: welcome and before we say goodbye to you Maura, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you
0: Okay, I love this one. I've been using it a lot lately and I'll probably use it when I go away. It's from John C. Maxwell, who is, you know, the famous um author when it comes to leadership. Ready? Yes. Leadership is not about titles, positions, or flow charts. It's about one life influencing another. True leadership, this is my add-on, is all about one life influencing another. And I love that one.
1: Mm, absolutely true. Okay. What is the best way for our listeners to contact you? The best
0: way, since I do a number of different things, is go directly to my website. It's Mora, my first name, followed by the number four and the letter U. Mora for you because I'm always for you. Mm-hmm. So, mora4you.com. When they're there, they can subscribe to my podcast. There's even a connection to my Huffington Post blog. Um, I post regularly, and I have one other way if your guests would like this. I have a series of books I've written on the art of happiness, and one in particular that I think your listeners would enjoy. If they write to me, I will send it to them, um, a free PDF, and it's write to me at mora at moraforyou.com and ask for the book called Competition. And I think this will be a very good book. It's a long-tail story about how not giving in to negative negative temptations to compete with someone or anyone and instead just following your own passions and interests from within ultimately gets you everything you want and so much more happiness along the way
1: love that. And we're going to have all of this on your show notes page as well. So people can find it there. So if anyone's driving, don't feel like you have to get on your phone to, <laughs> to find it right away. It's all there for you in the show notes. Maura, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Well, Jody,
0: thanks so much for having me on. It's been my pleasure and an honor
1: inspirational. And you can find all the resources mentioned in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. And you can find Mora in the podcast tab. And if you have a few minutes and you're not driving, if you could head over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review for this episode, that would be fantastic. And hit the subscribe button and download the episodes that you've missed. If you're liking what you're hearing, this really bumps up the visibility of the podcast on iTunes so that other people just like you can find it, listen in, and share their stories. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes.